This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, wherever it may be, whenever it is, wherever you are. Man, I'm already going off script. We haven't even gotten one line in. We <laughs> haven't gotten people. one paragraph done. <laughs> Not even a sentence. And I said, we, need, we have a lot to get through today here. So it's going to be a long one, I can tell. But welcome to another thrilling fun, fa- fun fact. <laughs> fun fa- <laughs> All right, that's it. <laughs> We're starting over. <laughs> no more day drinking for you. Nope, no, we're done. We're done. <clears throat> Start over. And take two. <laughs> this is Blurring the Lines podcast, episode 95, take two. <laughs> good afternoon, good morning, or evening, and welcome to another fun-filled episode of the Blurring the Lines podcast. I am your host, Peter Nicolaitis, and with me, as always, my co-host, his name. His name is... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I'm supposed to not read that. I'm supposed to say Adam Bell. And it is. I, I am his name, Adam Bell. Someone responds. Yeah. Uh, I'm somebody. Well, you are some, you're someone. I I'm someone. somebody, but you are someone. <laughs> hey, hey. Hey, Peter. How you doing? <laughs> wonderful. Thanks for asking. How about you? <laughs> I am also doing wonderful. It's been Excellent. a uh, busy week, but not like... Not like crazy busy, just regular busy. Just regular busy. So real quick, uh, let's let's jump right into it. How many hours did you uh, work last week? Oh, I wish you wouldn't ask me things like that. You shouldn't put <laughs> questions and topics like that into the show notes. <laughs> oh yeah, I worked. I worked too much. Uh, I st- I didn't. No. So I, I I put a good fifty plus hours in and did not get fifty plus hours of work back out of me i was just gonna say you put in 50 put put 50 in but you didn't get 50 out yeah <laughs> so so shame on me but i'll do better next week i had a fairly average work week uh, for the hospital um not a lot of uh, side stuff on the consulting gigs uh but i'm teaching yoga three maybe soon four days a week now <laughs> so oh right and i go back to school on monday <laughs> You know what's funny is 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 when I met you, uh, I guess five years ago now. It was in 2014. Uh, I would have never said in five years you'll be back in college and a yoga instructor. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I don't think I saw that coming either. Either of those. <laughs> yeah. But, but you didn't stop doing anything else you were doing. You're just doing this on top. <laughs> well, sort of. I, I, I have stopped practicing Aikido since then. Yeah. <laughs> but I filled it in with Krav Maga, which I haven't been doing for the last couple of months because of rotator cuff injuries. But health update. Um, doctor says seems like a minor uh, strain. You know, maybe it was a minor little tear in the uh, rotator cuff, but uh-huh. do your physical therapy exercise and sometime next week, get back into regular ease, ease back into my normal routines. Punch so, easily. Punch easily. That's right. So I'm, I'm happy about that. That is uh, good. Yeah. He didn't, you know, it was just like, look, if it doesn't get better after a few weeks, then we'll, you know, go to radiology, you know, get a, get an MRI or something and stuff, but he, he did some tests and says that it doesn't, 
doesn't feel that serious. So essentially I just, I took two months off and let it kind of heal. And now, right. All right. Now the healing's done now. Now let's build those muscles back up again. So, Mm -hmm. so that's what I'm doing. So I may step out every now and then while we're recording and, you know, toss some weights around while you're talking. So don't be surprised if that happens. (laughs) And, and you know we're recording video too, so it'll be awesome. Right. I wanted to give the people <laughs> on camera something to, to look at. Like, <laughs> yeah. Kettlebell around. I couldn't do this two weeks ago. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so I'm very happy without like extreme pain. Well, which stopped me from doing it. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, for our our listeners who are only listening, Peter did have his shirt still on, so. <laughs> You don't have to down, go looking for the video. We'll maybe look for that later. It's <laughs> a different podcast. It's a different podcast. <laughs> this All one's right. a rated, rated G podcast. Rated G. G for good. <laughs> Goodness. Goodness. All right. So this week, well, you know, I used I used to only drink my own homebrew because I didn't care for microbreweries because they they didn't get to us very fresh. You know, I mean, if you had unfresh beer or unfresh, you know, unfre- it may taste like cardboard or skunky or whatever. So, so these days I'm more apt to try microbrew stuff. I mean, cause it's just, it's get it's getting there fast and it's good. So I tried Sierra Vesa, which is made by Sierra, <laughs> Sierra Nevada, the, uh, Sierra Vesa. <laughs> but it's pretty good. It's it. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's kind of like a, I guess there's, it's supposed to be a cerveza. I didn't actually read to see if it had German ale yeast in it or not, but they're saying they're calling it a Sierra Vesa. I put a lime in it. It was good. No headache. So it's not, it's better than Bud Light Lime. No, no headache is always a, a plus. <laughs> yeah. uh, I have purchased, but not yet had either of these two uh, but omegang my favorite brewery has two new ones one is the um um uh, a game of thrones limited edition right and it's called for the throne and then another is another uh, limited edition called their saison rosé okay saison rosé is oak aged saison brewed with hibiscus flowers and chardonnay grapes hmm that'll be interesting and the for the throne is a strong golden ale fermented with Pinot Grigio. Yeah. Okay. So I'm kind of interested in both of those. I'm not big, you know. I guess I've, I've had Chardonnays from time to time. It's not my, you know, not my go-to. Mm-hmm. But um, but I'm kind of curious now, you know, like sort of essentially combining beer and wine here. Yeah. So, uh, it'll be interesting. Have you ever had hibiscus water? Probably. I mean, it it is taking hibiscus and mixing it in water and, uh, you know, maybe adding a little bit of sugar. So it's, it's kind of like making lemonade, but with flowers. And <clears throat> I, I had it in Mexico the first time and they literally took hibiscus flowers and dumped them in the water and it tasted like water with flowers in it. <laughs> Uh, go figure and you know and i didn't really like it all that much i mean it was a refreshing drink as far as like it was better than water alone and it was still healthy uh 
so I, I drank it and I didn't really care for it. And it's funny. I came back to the States and I had it at some party and I was like, this tastes just like when I was in Mexico, you know, then I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of a, a better time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'd, I'd be interested to see wh what that tastes. Well, you have to tell me what that tastes like fermented uh, because yeah. It's not the same, you know, when you put something in a beer, you get an essence of it. You don't necessarily get that flavor. Right. Yeah. So. Hints of cherries and. Yeah. Like notes of vanilla. Mm -hmm. And then there's raspberry, you know, Hefeweizen, which is like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, this is raspberry juice. Yeah. <laughs> Drink the raspberry juice. Okay. Exactly. So anyway, we will hopefully by, uh, I will report back and um, give, uh, give an update on what those taste like. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. All right. So the next one, uh, the word we need to use, it's pronounced dingus. Dingus. <laughs> so you want to know what's funny is um, I played the recording of what you asked dingus and, mm -hmm. and she responded correctly from mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when I did it, yeah, so I forget what that was, but I asked... You were asking for the scores. Right. So, so Dingus, the Amazon Dingus, that is, in case you have any uh, wondering, um, uh, told me the other day, because I have, let's see, I have two Echo, three Echo Dots, one Echo Spot, and I have the, um, I have her integrated in my Sonos Beam. So the Echo Spot, I keep in the kitchen, just sitting on the microwave where it, you know, it can't do much harm. I walked into the micro, the I walked into the microwave. That sounds <laughs> Walked into the kitchen last week, and um, on the screen it says, "Try, uh, try saying, Dingus, what are the sports scores?" Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what she said when I said it, but like, oh, that's right. And and I knew that that day there was a Celtics game. Mm -hmm. So given that I'm in the greater Boston metropolitan area and sports and basketball and the Celtics are kind of a big deal and she knows my location, uh, I figured, you know, she'll give me the score. Yeah. She came back and told me she couldn't find any, uh, any sports scores. Or there any, were no sports activities. There were no sports activities. That's what it was. Yes. <laughs> I was just like, why, why did you even tell me to tell, to, to ask you that question? You know, it's, it's like, it's like, like, you know, someone saying, Hey, you want a beer? I'm like, yeah, we, I, yeah, I'd love one. I'm like, well, we don't have any. <laughs> yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, exactly. I, I think, um, I think the, the correct response to that is yeah. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. All right. <laughs> so that's our little little bit of techie uh, as we warm up into uh, the tech realm too. Mm -hmm. um, what were you doing? Going back to school? <laughs> I thought I was <laughs> no. <back to> school. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, so High Point University, Nito Cobain is the um, president out there. And he has spoken twice, maybe three times at, at Robin Robin events. And, um, and the reason that he has spoken is he he really turned that university around from a, a you know a university when he got there they had a hundred million dollars in deferred maintenance on the campus and were barely you know just barely making it by they were 
they were just struggling. And he's really turned that place around. And it's a it's really an amazing facility. The uh, the student body is healthier as far as like number of students that are coming the tuition they pay like fifty thousand dollars per year <clears throat> for tuition so it's it's pretty it's pretty high but i mean and they own a ton of property now you have to look it up the footprint has gone way up but so nito he um he's 70 years old so mm -hmm. he has been there since 2005 so 14 years going on 15 years he's really transformed this school but he didn't just learn there so he's been a businessman for a long time has a lot of uh, rapport in previous industries. So him coming there was really kind of, an, of an oddity because you know he went from the business world to the private university world um, and took what he knew as an entrepreneur and really made it work and raised money and uh, marketed and sales. And so we were meeting with him and hearing about what he, what he did to turn it around as well as, you know, out of his repertoire of business. I mean, he's 70, 70 years old and been in business. He's Lebanese and came over. Um, I mean, he was born in Lebanon and came over as an immigrant, mm -hmm. I get like nine. So, you know, just what he's done with his life and in business is a great feat and is really good to listen to him and got a, got a number of good gems of knowledge and wisdom there so but it was really cool it was really impressive if you if you're ever down there you ought to at least like swing through and uh visit it but mm -hmm. i mean but you can see it online too they've got tons of media they mark every every surface is a marketing opportunity <laughs> <laughs> and i can't say that i blame them i mean in uh but but while we were there so uh Bill Wright went with me. I mean, not together. We both went to the event and met there. And then while we were there, we went and uh, had lunch with Tim Richter. <laughs> what was he doing there? He wasn't there, but but he was close. You know, he's in uh, Raleigh-Durham area. Gotcha. And so we were about an hour away. You know, I mean, if I'm an hour outside of Boston, I'm coming to have lunch with you. <laughs> Darn right. When I'm down in Nashville again, I'll be over as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, on that note, so if your listeners don't recognize the names, because we've never had Bill on the podcast, but Bill is one of your accountability buddies and uh, business development partners. Yeah, it just feels yeah. like we've had him on, but I guess we haven't. We haven't. We haven't. <laughs> Unless I've forgotten all about him, because he, <laughs> yeah. he is kind of forgettable, so I suppose. Uh, no, no, not that guy. <laughs> no, I don't remember. Anyway. Cool. So High Point University, that sounds like fun. Yeah, so it was it was very cool. I mean, they had and they had some nice places to relax and fountains and you know all the, I mean, just everything was top notch. Somebody uh, who visited said it was kind of the Disney of colleges. You know, there's <laughs> there's no trash anywhere, like, <laughs> and you know, and he's kind of set that precedence of, you know, if there's trash, he sees it, he'll pick it up. You right. know, he's. Yep. So, 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 so how much has Robin Robbins paid that guy to, uh, to, or, or does he pay her or, or stuff? What's the, what's the, uh, what do you think? Well, I know she paid him to come speak. Right. Uh, and I'm sure it was not cheap. Uh -huh. 
because <laughs> he told us he turned down a CEO position to leave the university for $10 million. That's what he uh, turned down. Uh, not quality that he of might, life might have something to do with it. Quality of life might have. I mean, we, we didn't go there for free. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to pay money to go visit. Uh, Elizabeth said, well, that was stupid. But, <laughs> but <laughs> I like Elizabeth more and more. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> oh, that was stupid. <laughs> but so I, I, yeah, I don't know that I got like my money's worth out of it, but it wasn't a waste of money. Um, you know, because I think <laughs> that was stupid. <laughs> yeah. oh brother all right moving on moving on moving yeah. on <laughs> all right real quick um avengers endgame seen it yep i have not seen it i saw the what was the prequel to that or not prequel it was not prequel, but the infinity war infinity war so i saw the end of the infinity war and that's um i've only seen some of the avengers stuff off and on uh, well, we will put in a link. Um, if somebody is interested, there was uh, at least one theater that was doing all of the Avengers movies going back to 2008 Iron Man. Yeah. And playing them in a marathon for 59 hours straight leading up <laughs> to Endgame. Yeah. Yeah. You sent me a link to that. It, yeah. And you know, I love Iron Man. Yeah. That's that. I've got that. I own that DVD. I I had that as well, and now I don't think I have a DVD player anymore. But uh, anyway, um, I, I saw it. I liked it. IMDb, as of this morning, was giving it a 9 out of 10. Really? Uh, yeah. And my plan is to go see it again tonight. I do have a ticket, uh, just me this time, but I'm feeling kind of tired. <laughs> <laughs> the weather has got me down. It's raining. I was planning on doing a four and a half to five mile run today. I was actually, I've been ramping back up again, adding a couple, you know, like two tenths of a mile each run. Right. And I was, I was at 4.4 and I, today I had one point, I just said, I'm just going to go for five. I'm just going to do it, get it out of the way and boom, you know, like hit five miles. I can't even, I, I can't even. <laughs> I, just, yeah, I can't even i'm just tired today i don't i don't know what and like i think I, I feel like i need more sleep and but then on top of that i you know i teach yoga tonight in two hours and then my end game tickets are for eight which means it goes until 11 oh. so i might just pass on that and go see it again next week or something yeah <laughs> so i was just like oh tired. it did it it did amuse me in infinity wars and i won't I, I, it's not even a spoiler alert and I'm not even going to quote it, but uh, Samuel L. Jackson said something that just made me really laugh. I was like, yes, <laughs> right at the, right at the end. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he does that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> now, overall, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, it definitely, it, it has a, a bit of a slow start. There's a little bit of a buildup. Mm -hmm. And um, and then there's a, a bit of a lull, you know, through a, a long extended portion. Um, mm -hmm. But then, like, the end is just, you know, it's epic battle, epic battle. And they incorporated a lot of stuff from the comic books. They veered a little bit away from some of the comic books, you know, in, in who lives and who dies and whatever. Mm -hmm. 
And big, 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 big surprise. It involves time travel. Big, oh. big surprise there, given that one of the Infinity Stones was the Time Stone and Doctor Strange <laughs> used it and stuff. Uh, but I really liked uh, I liked how they did it. And um, it was, well, I mean, I liked it enough. I want to see it again. <laughs> so Yeah. Well, cool. And not just waiting for, like, you know, Netflix or Blu-ray or whatnot. So. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, real quick, yoga update. Now that I have been teaching yoga for a year, I am officially certified. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm an officially an RYT 200. So um, is, I've, is I've that been, like a, an early version of R2D2? It's just like R2D2, exactly. <laughs> I am now. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I've got my cert and I've um, still done over 470 hours of training. So I'm just waiting. I need to give some feedback to some of my other colleagues. I need to receive the feedback that they've given me on some of my videos. And then I have to finish a, uh, an essay on ethics in yoga. And um, then I will be eligible for my 500 hour certification. But that doesn't kick in until you've taught for a hundred hours after getting your 200 hour certification. Yeah. That's 11.75 weeks of training that you've done for yoga. Yeah. It's like a year in college. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's a, if you, if you average it out, it's like a, like a one year of college. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, I guess I'm pretty serious about this. I suppose. Yeah. Seems uh, to be. I haven't decided yet. You're going to make your own YouTube channel, right? Probably. Yeah. Yep. Yoga with Peter. <laughs> Yoga with Peter. Yoga with Peter. I should probably just reserve <laughs> that channel name now before it's gone. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, so it's official that, you know, I can do that. And um, I was also um, uh, approved to be added to my local studio where I train uh, to be added to their substitute teachers list, too. So when my main yin teacher, you know, can't make class for whatever reason, then, um, you know, I, it sounds like I'm the, the go-to sub for that. So that'll be fun. All right. Like teaching at home sort of thing. So. But I guess you've become comfortable with that. I mean, like running the class and everything. Well, I teach now all the time. Yeah. I mean, the first time I teach there, it would probably be just a tiny bit unnerving, you know, because mm -hmm. like, wait, I'm not supposed to be facing this direction. <laughs> yeah. I usually face this way. What's going on? I don't get it. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it's it, no, that would be fun, and you know, definitely more convenient too than you know, the place where I where I teach now. It's like a twenty to thirty minute drive, depending on traffic. Yeah. And I don't know what traffic Nashville traffic is like, but like if I say a twenty to thirty minute drive back in Vermont or New Hampshire where I grew up, that's a twenty to thirty mile drive. Uh huh. Here, a 20 to 30 minute drive is more like two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. I mean, it's bad here. I mean, it, it, it takes me an hour to drive 19 miles to church. Yeah. So, yeah, similar, you know, but, but maybe even a little worse. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. so that's an update. Um, but, yeah, I'm doing that. And I uh, just sent out email to a bunch of my clients, my, uh, my, my former and current students. And um, I will be offering uh, classes at my home studio as well. Sweet. Which you can sort of see a little bit behind me. The, mm -hmm. the exercise equipment gets shoved off to the side and hidden behind shoji screens. So, yeah. 
And, um, and then, uh, yeah, so I'm looking here at the show notes on my other screen and I just got signed out of Google Docs for some reason. <laughs> um, yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, no problem. Thanks. <laughs> I guess we'll just ad lib it from here. <laughs> so. All right. Well, the next topic was uh, our, our, our gear. So I've got the iPad Pro 11 and you've got Samsung Chromebook XE501C13. Which sounds like a tax, uh, tax filing status. <laughs> yeah, that's the not-for-profit uh, because you didn't make enough money <laughs> class. <laughs> that is exactly it. Yes, if you are a nonprofit and you can't afford a real computer, you would buy this Chromebook. <laughs> All right. So we will have links to both the models, um, iPads, you know, not quite, but darn near top of the line uh, iPad Pro. Yep. And my not quite but darn near bottom of the line. <laughs> okay, let me put it this way. I never put stickers or anything on my computers and stuff because I'm like, I don't want to deface them and stuff. This is how much I care about this thing. Oh, yeah. You got stickers on it. That's awesome. I yeah. got stickers. I went to uh, linuxstickers.com and spent my That's dollar and bought a bunch of them. Is that like a 16-bit unicorn? Yeah, it's a, that's a 16-bit Splunk Unicorn. Splunk Unicorn, nice. Yep. <laughs> it's another one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, uh -huh. Vim or VI, my favorite editor on the Unix platform. Debian, my favorite distribution. And what the hell, Champlain College, because I'm going back to Champlain to, you know, get my degrees there. And Might as well. On the other side, I have, I have a bash sticker on this side. And, of course, the obligatory Linux inside. Linux inside, nice. You know, I also have a Chromebook. No, oh, no kidding. Yeah, it's a Dell. Dell, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, just for comparison, like, what did you pay for that? I think I paid two hundred dollars for it, uh, like four years ago. So expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so, as I think I mentioned it on the podcast, but obviously we didn't go into it. I bought this as my my burner laptop. Mm -hmm. And this was for my trip abroad so that if I had any trouble at the border or whatnot, I was just like, keep it, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Right. Plus I'm not, I'm not paranoid about it, but just the idea of some, uh, you know, border guard wanting to like dive into my stuff and rifle through my data. I just, yeah. I, I don't like that idea. You yeah. know, it's like, I'm a citizen of both countries that I'm traveling to and from here, hands off. <laughs> so, <laughs> So I got a Chromebook because it's very easy to just wipe. And then, you know, when you log back into it, you get all your stuff back. Mm -hmm. So if you're, and you can do similar stuff like this too. Now, Macintoshes, you can sign in with your Apple ID to a, to a Mac. Um, Microsoft, you can sign in with your Microsoft account. Um, supposedly soon, Microsoft, uh, if not already, but in a new or uh, upcoming version of uh, Windows 10, you'll be able to log in using your Google account. So huh. just like you can log into a Chromebook, you'd be able to log into Windows. Okay. So I was like, all right, that sounds kind of cool. Um, anyway, I mean, in a nutshell, it's cheap. Um, it runs Chrome OS, so it's a stripped down lightweight version of Linux. Um, and mine is rather underpowered. <laughs> it's pretty wimpy. It's decent for single tasking, right? Yeah. So if you're just spinning up a browser and checking your Gmail, it's wonderful. You want to 
fire up a, you know, another window and check the status of the flight that you're connecting to, great, no problem. Um, you wanna do that and have Evernote and Microsoft Word and Excel plus a terminal in the background and Signal Private Messenger and maybe Slack, you're gonna start hating it and yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so it doesn't it doesn't have a lot of resources you know it's it's pretty sluggish at times but um i was able to you know put all those apps onto it um citrix so i can do the citrix workspace so i can access all of the you know work apps at the hospital and uh dropbox onedrive google drive they're all on there one thing i've noticed though is that the apps the Chrome apps for most of these, um, the, most of the Chrome apps that I've seen uh, that are Chrome specific, so like Microsoft Word, Outlook, uh, even Slack, they're really kind of feature incomplete compared to the full-on desktop versions. Yeah. And, and somewhat harder to use. Um, I noticed um, that for whatever reason, one of the things like if I scroll, if I use the arrow keys on the keyboard and I go too far down on the bottom of uh, an Evernote document, just, you know, just using the down arrow, it will move me out of the text area where I'm editing something and move me like into the Windows control zone. So I'm like where, you know, I would normally be like minimizing or resizing or, you know, or modifying the document's metadata. All right not editing the document anymore, which is just weird. Mm -hmm. like, if you're in Microsoft Word and you're typing and you hit the down arrow button, you can hold the down arrow button all day. It's not gonna bring you up to the file menu, <laughs> right? Yeah. That would be just weird, right? Uh -huh. So that's the sort of just weird behavior that I had in Evernote. Um, plus um, Word, you know, like the features are, the features in the version are more like the online versions that you would find. For, so like Office 365 Online or Google Docs. Right. Um, definitely feels more like that than a full-on copy of Microsoft Word. Mm -hmm. So um, I found it, I was able to edit stuff, but really most of the work I was doing was like in a pinch. It mm -hmm. was not a pleasant experience. And the main thing that I would do is uh, open up my VPN connection and just remote desktop back to my full-on Windows machine. Yeah. Where I have the full versions of everything I needed, which was great, except that sometimes the remote desktop connection stops working. <laughs> yes. And for no reason. And this happened both when I was out, you know, remote on VPN, but also sitting downstairs in my living room, RDPing to my box on the third floor in the office. Mm-hmm. That's a little weird. And then it like it wouldn't reconnect for whatever reason. And sometimes I'd have to reboot the entire Chromebook to get it to 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 reconnect. Yeah. That was a little bit annoying. Mm -hmm. And you know, so it's like, okay, I could go upstairs, you know, two flights of stairs to go and print out this document, or I can just do it right from here on my Chromebook, which is at my left. Grab the Chromebook, fire up RDP, authenticate into the machine. Okay, by now I would have been halfway upstairs. <laughs> yeah. Find the document, go to print. Oh, connection drops. Oh. <laughs> like, yeah. All right, now just, I am gonna walk up. You should have just gotten that step count in from the get-go. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, for I would say solid 80% of the users out there, this thing would be just fine. Yeah. My dad would be fine with this. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, um, they're, they're like assuming the hardware would be supported. 
So right. he has a, an oddball scanner of some sort. So of course he would want to make sure he could use the scanner. But like literally most people these days spent most of their time in a browser or mm -hmm. maybe another little app like, you know, a messaging app, WhatsApp, Facebook, Messenger, Slack, Signal. Okay, now I'm getting into the weeds. But anyway, <laughs> um, lots of apps. Most of the stuff in the Google Play Store is stuff that you would find like in the Android store or similar to what you would find in the Apple iOS store. Mm -hmm. So large, you know, lar large support for various different apps. Um, and it's cheap. I told you this was a burner thing. I got this on Amazon for like 175 bucks. Okay. So, um, you know, like I was like, that, that was what I wanted. Design wise, it's not beautiful. You know, it's a brick. It looks like an old school laptop. Yeah. Um, battery life is amazing. Yeah. I have never gone close to running low on the batteries on this thing. And I have used it for the better part of the day. And then I'll still look at it and it's like, oh yeah, you've got two hours of battery life left. I'm like, okay. And then an hour later I look at it and it's like, yeah, you've got like an hour 50 of battery life left. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. I did uh, enable Linux in it, which is just a setting now. It used to be you had to do the equivalent of like jailbreaking these things. Right. Um, but now you just go into Chrome settings and there's a little checkbox or a little slider button where you say, yes, enable Linux features. And so when you do that, now you can actually get a terminal. So, uh, and it uses, it's a Debian based uh, thing. So it's using apt, which is my preferred package manager on Linux. So that's cool. Um, mm -hmm. because now I have a terminal and stuff, but again, you know, when it, when it gets bogged down, I click on terminal and I have to wait sometimes like 30 seconds before the terminal window actually shows up. Yeah. So, um, you know, but again, from there, I'm usually just going to do an SSH connection to some remote server somewhere and do my work. Um, but it's, it's cool. You know, I mean, for 175 bucks, hundred, whatever, it's well worth every penny. Yeah. And, um, you know, for traveling, if you're going to be traveling and you are, if, if the thought of having your computer taken from you at the border or the thought of somebody going through all of your private data and personal communications and photos and music and whatnot, if that bothers you in the slightest, buy one of these. Mm -hmm. Leave your real thing at home. Don't forget also when you're crossing the border to wipe your phone first too. Because chances are you actually have more private data there than you do on your computer these days. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, that's what I did. Just, you know, I just wiped everything out. And then uh, when I was through and my sanity, uh, you know, my paranoia level was uh, appeased. I just restored. And all I did with the, <laughs> with the Chromebook is just logged back in again. And it's like, okay, we're syncing all your apps. We're logging you in. All your settings are coming back and everything was fine. Mm -hmm. Do you not, uh, you mentioned wiping your phone do you not feel good about the encryption that's on your phone? Uh, there's that whole being compelled to give your passcode or a thumbprint. Oh, yeah. They just jam. They could take your thumb and use your thumb to print right. it, I guess. Yeah. The first thing I did, actually, the second, as I was leaving, I didn't actually wipe the phone uh, on my way back from Germany. I just turned off Touch ID. So okay. the only way to open it was with a passcode. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, like if you have a newer newer iPhone, you'd want to turn off Face ID, you know, so because you can imagine I've, I've heard like, you know, 
uh, theories. I haven't actually heard of it happening, but you know, cop comes up, arrests you, gives you, takes your phone, says, unlock your phone. You say no. And he does this. Uh, yeah, he could. He shows the phone to you and suddenly the phone says, Oh, Hey Adam, how you doing? And it opens it up. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's very uh, true. And again, you know, like, no, I have nothing to hide. That's right. But in this country, we have a right to privacy. <laughs> and if we don't exercise our rights, we will lose our rights. There are numerous examples throughout history. Look them up if you don't believe me. <laughs> yeah, I think, though, if I were coming back from Germany and they wanted in my phone or they were going to offer me something bad, I would just give it to them. I'm like, yeah, go, go for it. There's nothing in there. I mean, you'll be bored out of your mind. <laughs> what, if you were, what if you were coming back from China and they wanted to do that? Or you I mean, going to China? Going to China, I would. I guess I'd just turn around and go home. <laughs> <laughs> but if I were going to try to get out of the country and the only way was to leave behind my phone unlocked to a right. Chinese official, uh, I guess I'd do that and um, figure out changing passwords and stuff later. Just because, yeah. I mean... I don't have anything. I don't have anything that would warrant bodily harm or, you know. Well, I'm I'm thinking more like what they might tag along, you know, what might tag along for the ride after they had their hands on your phone. Oh, no, now now if they took my phone away from me, yeah, for any point of time, that phone would get a wipe and reload. Right, <laughs> but I don't think that that would be sufficient. Oh, yeah, the hardware. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So case in point, I used to have a client who had offices in uh, Massachusetts and Shanghai. Uh-huh. And we had given them some hardware. So we, <laughs> funny story, Paradigm Consulting successfully was able to circumvent the Great Firewall of China for four years. <laughs> and we probably would have been able to do it longer, but we, you know, we lost, we, the, that client closed up their Shanghai offices. Mm -hmm. we lost that <laughs> you were shanghai They were shanghai not <laughs> yeah. us. But uh, it was something about the, the Shanghai people were ripping off their designs or something. I don't remember. But nah. uh -huh. Talking. Anyway, no, say it ain't so. <laughs> yeah. So um, they got the equipment back and they're like, yeah, we can send it back to you. And I said, I don't want it. <laughs> I mean, it might have been an interesting academic exercise just to open it up and see what, if anything, had been done to the, you know, to the firewalls on there. Yeah. So, like, I'm, you could not pay me enough to deploy that hardware anywhere ever again. As far as I'm concerned, that's a brick. I'm not touching it. Yeah. That, that wasn't the server that you sold me, is it? No, no, not that. No, no, that, no. That, that server, that <laughs> Dell PowerEdge, what was that, a 2600 or something? I don't remember. It's like an R20, I mean. R320? Yeah, something there. Decent, decent little one U, one or two U box. I yeah. Think, you know, it was beefy. It was not cheap, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we replaced that with an Intel Nook. <laughs> That was an example of a client not knowing what they needed, <laughs> uh -huh. grossly overspecking and telling us what they were going to be needing, you know, for data storage requirements. <laughs> so we got this beefy, beefy rack mount server to the tune of thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. And we put it in there and started using it and never like used 10% of its capacity. Yeah. 
And so after a year of that, I said, this is ridiculous. I need to sell this. And my good friend, Adam Bell had a use for it. So mm-hmm. great. we sold it there and uh, I replaced it with a $79, you know, or <laughs> little, little, little jobby there. So. Yeah. Well, it's on, it's, it is still in production right now. It is uh, on a client site as a, a loaner server where I've got a restored VM on it. Solid box, you know, <laughs> yeah. there you go. Still going. Cool. All right. Well, tell us about your, um, tell us about your iPad. So I got the new iPad. Well, and just, uh, well, before, so I got the iPad, iPad Pro 11 and I got it with the, the new Apple II pencil. Not Apple II, Apple Pencil number two. <laughs> <laughs> Apple Pencil two. Apple Pencil two. The Apple number two pencil. Got it. Yeah. I still don't know that I have the actual like really good use for the pencil in the way that I do things. My writing is so big and so poor, I'm better off typing so that I can read it and whoever else can read it. It is nice for highlighting mm-hmm. and doing things, you know, up, you know, doing documentation and things like that. I do like the pencil for that. And it's got some, it's got the ability to double tap on it and you can program what the double tap is. So like you can be right. Yeah. You could make it switch between like different pens or you can go from uh, a pencil to eraser. That's the default setting. Right. So you're, you're writing, you double tap, you erase, you double tap, and you go back to pencil, which is pretty cool. Yep. So that's cool. The, um, the size wise, I was worried that it was going to be too much bigger, but it's not, it's not bigger. It is, it is slightly thicker though. You know, I've got a case and I had a case on the other one, but it is slightly thicker. I don't know, maybe a eighth of an inch thicker right. from the other one Yep. Uh, because the other one had a beveled edge. Uh, but the sound quality is good. The yep. face recognition is very easy. Yep. Uh, it, it seems to work every time. Uh, the only time that it doesn't work, it, it happens to be that the way that I hold the iPad when I've got it horizontal, my thumb is over the camera. So I have to make sure that my thumb <laughs> is not over the camera. Uh-huh. Uh, <clears throat> but other than that, and it's really fast. The, the browsing is fast. I didn't expect browsing to be faster. I expected other things to be faster, like applications opening and photos and things like that opening mm-hmm. faster. Mm-hmm. But, but those really came out. I mean, it really came out good. So, well, what uh, people often forget, I mean, there are so many factors which determine the speed of an application now. Mm-hmm. You know, so people think like the primary factor on uh, like a web page loading or, you know, browsing and stuff would be your internet connection. And that used to be true, you know, like 20 years ago when web pages were text and some graphics, mm-hmm. you know, and it was all it took, it was how long is it going to take to, you know, shove all that data down your dial up modem, you know, down the pipe to get it to you. Right. But then web pages have really evolved and now they've all become programs. <laughs> yeah. And so you're really executing lots and lots of code and stuff. And more and more of that has been coming down to the client side, which is another reason why the Chromebook sometimes falls a little bit of short on performance. Mm-hmm. Pro, you know, web pages can be pretty darn uh, 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 time intensive process, you know, resource intensive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not surprised that browsing might, you know, have improved, especially because you've got gigabit at the office now normally, right? 
Yeah, I've got gigabit at home, and then I've got um, yeah, I've got gigabit at office and home. Yeah, so I mean mm -hmm. that's not the that's not where you're going to see your bottleneck as mm -hmm. as much. So yeah, cool. And, and for our techies, server side script or client side scripting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see here. So I got the case, and this is pretty cool. The case has room for the pencil. So you can take the pencil with you because that was a real inconvenience from the Apple One pencil. And then you see it goes away. You know, it, it's in the it's yep. in the case as a slight extension. Because I would never take the Apple One pencil because I couldn't it never stayed charged. Yep. And the only way you could connect it was this fixed lightning connection on it. And you could put that in the iPad and the iPad would charge it. Mm -hmm. But how inconvenient is it for you to have a, a pencil sticking out of your iPad? <laughs> I still can't believe that that was something that Apple actually did. I mean, that just looked so not Apple. Yeah. No. I mean, I would have thought they would given you like, I, I don't know, maybe even like a, a three inch a lightning dongle so that it could, yeah. it could hang off of it or, or whatever. But it's like, okay, well, that's junk. So <laughs> I, like I said, I don't use the pencil a ton, but now I can take it with me all the time. And I know it will be charged when I want to use it. Like if I'm sitting on an airplane, cause I, sometimes I'll read the news or I'll read like the, um, shoot the Nashville business journal and mm -hmm. I might want to highlight potential clients that I want to contact and I can highlight them and send them off to Elizabeth and she can right. get to work on them. So, but overall I'm pleased with it. It's fast. Um, it's not, it's, you know, it's not any heavier. It is slightly bigger, but we're talking, you know, like I said, an eighth of an eighth of an inch and maybe a quarter of an inch wider. Mm -hmm. So, it's got all the, the fun stuff. Yeah. Now I did. So it's funny though. You had said, uh, I sent you, Hey, I got the new iPad 11. You said, Oh, somebody's business is doing well. <laughs> so just, it is an expensive iPad, it, but it's not any more expensive than uh, the phone. I mean, it was 1200, yeah. it was $1,200 for the iPad with the, the pencil. That's the same as the, uh, the XR or the, uh, Excess, excess, yeah, excess and XR, but you know Verizon has such a decent deal on it. I I'm only paying sixty dollars a month for it, so I was like, I'm wow. not gonna, yeah, and I'm gonna pay like seventy dollars in interest over a two year term. Yeah, and I I did pay for the ten dollars of uh, insurance on yeah. it. Yep. It's like, yeah, $240 of insurance, you know, worst case. Is that Apple care or is that a separate Verizon plan? It is, it's a third party to, okay. it's a third party to Verizon. I did forget you, the. Did you not get Apple care? No, I didn't get Apple. I, I probably could get Apple care. I, I didn't. I just went with the, the, the $10 Verizon. It, and it was pretty good if, if I dropped, it had coverage for accidental. Right. So if I dropped it, yep. if I spilled on it, yep. they, they covered that and replaced that. Accidents and idiocy coverage. Yeah. Yeah. The um, um, Apple care has, I think that's now called Apple care plus where that includes accidents and stuff too. <laughs> you have a dog. <laughs> I have a dog. 
Um, but uh, they also, um, you know, Apple Care gives you uh, like uh, longer technical support if you need it. And uh -huh. frankly, I rarely ever use it for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's just like, because generally the questions and the problems I have, they're bugs. Yeah. So essentially, when I'm reporting questions and problems like that, it's you know, like, this is a bug report. So I don't know that I need to pay for the proof <laughs> of being able to tell you that your stuff's broken. I'll yeah. For free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but, Although, you know, they... But they, I, I usually get I usually get the Apple Care thing just because it's like one less party to have to deal with, and it's kind of a known quantity for me. Mm -hmm. and I deal I deal with AT and T, and you can argue as to which is the evil of two lessers there between them. And the <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I just don't know if I want to deal with AT and T when the chips are down and I'm having a problem with my phone. <laughs> yeah, with Apple. So. On your phone, did you lose the home button on it with the XR and the XS? I have an eight. You have an eight. Okay. So you lose the home button. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I had to learn, and it'll be fine. Uh, it, I just had to learn how to deal without having a home button because I was so used to, I flip it up, I lay my thumb on it, it unlocks it, and then I, wherever I am, I press it again, I get me to the home page and I can do whatever. Well, now there's no button. So you've got um, at the bottom. So you pull from the bottom to bring up your home page, And I, 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 I like to pull, pull from the bottom for my, you know, flashlight, whatever. But I knew that yep. they'd already changed that on the iPad, that that wasn't there anymore. You had to take two fingers and drag down for the right-hand corner to get the, you know, get the airplane mode and the flashlight and all that stuff. And I was like, okay. So I was kind of used to that, but now in order to get home, you got to pull up from the bottom. Well, okay. You know how to do that. Okay. How do I get the task manager to end tabs? So you've got to pull up and hold for two seconds and then they show up and you can start doing those. Yeah. Like, oh, not, okay. Not sure I like the, these, these workflows so much. Workflow. Oh, so what, how important to you is screenshot on your iPad? Well, given that I currently don't have an iPad, it's not <laughs> important to me at all. <laughs> it's not but important. It, it used to be kind of a big deal. I used to take screenshots a lot. Yeah, I take a lot of screenshots, especially, you know, in the tech support business, that's a good way to take pictures of stuff. And then as far as like providing documentation, but I do, I actually do a lot of screenshots and there's no home button. So how do I take a screenshot? So now you have to hit the power button and the volume button at the same time to take a yep. screenshot. Yep. That is not convenient at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I managed to, f to handle that on the iPhone pretty easily, but I can see how that could be, you know, cumbersome on the iPad. Yeah. Especially if you have the 12 point, you know, the, the 12, what, 12.9? Is that the biggest size? Yeah. Like fumbling around with two hands, grabbing the thing. So I could, I could see that could become inconvenient. Yeah. Uh, well, and it's not, it, you, depending on how you have it oriented, it may not be right where you want it. And I'm like, ah, I just wish they weren't so afraid of buttons. We could have a button. <laughs> a button. <laughs> I, you know, I wonder though, I, you can reprogram those buttons. There may be a way to program the button to be screenshot of one of those buttons or something. 
and then you know the other thing that i didn't like um you you cannot hold down the power button to shut it off you got to go into settings and go to shut off oh really yeah oh, so I'm, i don't i don't know what that i mean that was the emergency when the ipad was locked up you could hold down that power button mm -hmm. eventually get it off maybe i just haven't hold, held it long enough yeah they definitely in the last few you know hardware revs though they have changed things because i forget what uh was i guess yeah just holding power button would turn off but then one of them was um i, I don't even remember what it is now one of them will um dial emergency services for you if you press and hold or if you tuple if you tap it a few times i forget what it is now i should probably know that <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I remember the behavior changing at one point and I was caught off guard because they had to ex explain to the Massachusetts State Police why I was calling them. <laughs> Whoops. Like, no, no, this is, no, I'm safe. It's okay. I called by accident. Yes, sir, but you hung up. I, I know. I hung up because I didn't want to bother you. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. I learned that. You don't, don't hang up. Stay on the line. Sorry. Tell them it was a mistaken call. I Sorry. I'm an idiot. <laughs> well, you know, I, you know, in the voiceover IP implementations that we do, you know, we have to, we've got to test the 911 before we release it to the client. So we have to say that, you know, call 911, say, you know, this is a test call, I guess, so that they can prioritize you and you, they tell you, hey, well, we can't talk to you right now. We're busy. I'm guessing, mm -hmm. but they say, I said, this is a test call. I need to confirm the address that is showing up in caller ID. And then they say, return the address and then you're good. And then, so it usually doesn't take too long, but add that volume up of all it guys around <laughs> all over the place. They could have a lot of test calls. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> all so, right. What else we got? Let's see. I think that that is the extent of what we had scripted. All right. I have a nifty. Nifty. Okay. What kind of nifty? Microsoft Edge Insiders.com. Microsoft Edge Insiders? Uh, I think it's plural. Let me find out. Edge Insider. Maybe it's Insider. I'll, I'll tell you in a moment. Uh, singular, Microsoft Edge Insider.com. Um, that is the home of the development channel of the Microsoft Edge browser. Okay. Now, if you have had Microsoft, uh, if you've had Windows 10, you have used, maybe, most likely, probably by accident, the Microsoft <laughs> Edge browser. Because I thought it was Internet Explorer. <laughs> right, because it looks kind of like it, because it's got a big E icon, and it's the <laughs> default web browser, and it's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so Microsoft released Edge, and the plan was going to be it does not support any add-ons, and it's going to be super lightweight and locked down. It was originally, it's, it was codenamed Spartan, because it was supposed to be so Spartan in its, right. uh, uh, in its approach to things. They found out very quickly that was not going to work. And they kept Internet Explorer 11 around as a compatibility layer, you know, because, right. which most people, I think, ended up making the default browser or just downloading Chrome or Firefox. Well, about a month ago, they finally threw in the towel. Microsoft gave up. 
and said, you know what, we're, we're giving up. And now Edge, moving forward, will be built on Chromium. So yeah. it's eventually it's Google Chrome, right? Yeah. But it's got all of the Googleness stripped out. So you don't sign into like your Google account with it. You can sign into your Microsoft account with it. Ah, and okay. of course, by default, Bing is the search engine. Uh, that's the only thing I don't like about it. So, um, but I've been using it and it's pretty slick. Um, it's lightweight. It's definitely lighter weight than, than Chrome. It definitely seems to have less cruft accumulated in it. Mm -hmm. Even though I did import all my settings, I, pu I pulled all my bookmarks over from Chrome and installed um, pretty much all the same add-ons uh, because you can install Chrome apps from the Chrome app store into edge, which I just still, it's like my mind boggles when I think about that. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I need to install, uh, you know, Libra office from the, uh, from the Debian repositories on my windows machine. You know, it's just like, there's a little bit of a cognitive disconnect here, but it's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, I'm doing uh, the, uh, the, the dev channel, uh, which is updated every week. Um, and just for kicks, I also downloaded the Canary channel, which is their nightly builds. Okay. So you can test. And I don't know what they're like. I know when uh, I ran the, um, the Firefox nightly builds like well over 10 years ago. And there were definitely mornings when your browser would just not work <laughs> at all. Yeah. Um, but what's cool is that I have three versions of Edge installed on my system right now, and they all are separate. So if I completely hose one of them, I can still surf the web just fine. So okay. I've got the, the, the factory, you know, the, the version that comes with Windows. I've got the Canary and the Dev. Plus, I have Microsoft Edge. I have Firefox. I might even still have Opera kicking around somewhere in the background. Oprah? Oprah, yeah, Oprah. Opera went <laughs> Uh, but anyway, the Edge browser, it's pretty cool. Um, there's a Macintosh version coming. I and, saw that. And I think a Linux version coming as well, I think. I forget. Um, but uh, the big thing that I heard about, and I only heard this on one podcast, and I don't know if this was just a rumor or whatnot, but supposedly Edge's backwards compatibility mode, you know, like the, like Internet Explorer has a compatibility mode. Right. Supposedly Internet Explorer was going to be the compatibility mode so that when you click on a link to say your corporate intranet, which requires Internet Explorer six, <laughs> um, you would get an IE instance in a tab and you still have a dog. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I haven't actually seen any evidence of that being real. So I don't know if that was just a rumor. So if any of our listeners have actually seen evidence of that, I'd be really curious. Yeah. But um, anyway, I'm just tickled. You know, when I see Microsoft do stuff like this, it's just, it's compared to where they were just even like five years ago or 10 years ago. It's just amazing. The, you know, the, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We actually embrace open source. No, we're, we're not actually just saying that. We'll actually contribute some stuff too. And yeah, we'll make cross-platform software again. And it's just, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, I hadn't heard of that. Um, well, they're kind of swimming against the grain to do, to not embrace these kind of things. Right, but that's what they did for decades. Yeah, 
you know, yeah. Microsoft saw open source as a, you know, a plague that needed to be rid from the internet. Well, this is before the internet. <laughs> so, well, that's what you do when you're the 800 pound gorilla. Bingo. And now, now that people, Chrome has cut into them. Yeah. We Mac, don't have competition. Yeah. Mac has cut into them, you know, VMware, while it's, it's not even an operating system. They've cut into shares of the things that they could do. <laughs> you know, Hyper V. No, nah, I'm going to use VMware. We're good. You know, mm -hmm. so yeah. somebody says uh, we should probably evolve. Yep. Satya Nadella, Satya Mania. Yep. Gotta love it. You know, it seems like a pretty pretty decent high note. Should we end on that? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I'll give I'll give one more prop to Microsoft oh, since we're on a high note. Let's be positive. The, the so the um, Intune, Microsoft Intune, mm -hmm. and Microsoft Azure, mm -hmm. and there's another component for rapid implementation of it, but that's not what it's called. Uh, you know, they've really made some serious progress about taking the domain to the internet being able to run an enterprise without having to have domain controllers on premise. Oh yeah. Um, so they're, I mean, they're making some progress there. The, my only problem is I wish there was more, more information available to it. And, you know, this is the world in which we live and, you know, I'm finding out about it because I'm having to hunt it down for crying out loud. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. You've got a dog. <laughs> but uh, so there's some cool stuff there that i'm really working on and microsoft is really hitting kind of a custom or the cutting edge mm -hmm. on that kind of thing yep uh, well it's 20 20 year old technology becoming perfected well it's <laughs> like you know when i started doing um migrations uh to uh lots of different uh programs back in the day like specifically ERP and accounting softwares and stuff. Um, almost every time the first version that I would take from some, you know, moving from DOS to something was a DOS version that showed up in a Windows <laughs> box. <laughs> you know, and then they end in like, oh, well, now you can actually click in here with a mouse. <laughs> oh, now you can have drop-down menus. Oh, now, okay, we'll get around to really writing a custom version. <laughs> yeah, we'll write a GUI. Over, you know, re rewriting stuff takes effort. I understand. So mm -hmm. This is why I am not a developer. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Well, on the happy note of me not being a developer, mm -hmm. I think we should wrap it up. I think we should wrap it up. So, all right, we do want your feedback. If you'd like to discuss a particular topic or if we have stated something incorrectly, send those messages to Peter at blurring. The <laughs> that won't get you anywhere, so I'm just joking. Drop us a line at www.blurringthelinespodcast.com. Contact us. It's on our brand new WordPress page. <laughs> and uh, we'll get the message and get back with you or communicate back to you via our podcast. Good thing we have one. It is. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Talk to you all next time. Send your feedback. Again, as, as, Brian, said, as Brian said, Adam said, it, it's, I, need to, I need to just go. I can't. I, gotta, <laughs> yeah. 
how, I, mean, how about, I, gotta, I should find a sub for yoga class tonight, but it's it's close, so I can I can handle that. But I don't think I'm going to actually see Infinity uh, uh, Endgame again. I'm too tired. <laughs> you're, you're, Peter has fallen asleep during the Shavasana. <laughs> I wouldn't be the only one. I almost always have people fall asleep during my Shavasana. <laughs> All right. On that note, seriously, thanks for listening, everybody. We will talk to you again next week, if not sooner. And Adam, I'll let you do the honors. I'm going to hit the big red button. <laughs> we need to have a bomb. Set. Yeah, an explosion. <laughs> <laughs> to contact either us or our guests, visit blurringthelinespodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.